Hello and welcome to the podcast for Vineyard Church Maryville. I'm the other Aaron. I'm Aaron Wright, and I get the chance to introduce this week's episode. So first of all, I want to let you know that this is the very last Conversations episode of 2022. So we'll pick back up in February with these episodes each week on Thursday, but today is the last one of the year. However, we will still continue to post our Sunday sermons every week. So for this week, the message you're about to hear is from Aaron McCarter, and it was recorded for our church to watch online for Christmas Eve of 2020. So we were unable to gather in person at that time. So this is the Christmas Eve service from that year. So maybe you had the chance to hear it a couple of years back, but the reason we're posting it here again in the first week of Advent for 2022 is because it provides such an incredible opportunity to just slow down and to pause in the middle of what can seem like a really hurried season and to really consider the holiness of these weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, It can be so easy to get swept up in all of the things that are happening during the Advent season. And some of them are really, really good things. But we can often miss the fact that this season was designed by God to be a set apart time of watching and waiting expectantly on Jesus. Um, So with all of that said, we want to offer this brief reflection with time built in at the end of the teaching for stillness and for you to respond. And so we hope that wherever you're listening, you can take a few moments to just connect with the Lord, that you're able to pause with us and invite the Holy Spirit to have his way. So here is Aaron with the message. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. Um, Hey, I'm going to ask you to consider an idea. Um, It's something I'm going to try to convince you of, Uh, and you, you may or may not agree. It's an idea that you you may respect entirely um, or that you might completely dismiss as wishful and sentimental. Either way, it's okay. Uh, and if you don't agree, that won't make you any less a Christian or less biblical. You won't ruin Christmas or anything like that. But it's an idea that I think we really should wrestle with. And agree or disagree, you probably ought to know where you land on this one. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to work through a Frederick Buechner quote together. We're going to do it in two parts. Here's the first one. Buechner writes this. We tend to think of time as progression, as moment following moment, day following day in relentless flow, the kind of time a clock or calendar can measure. But we experience time also as depth, as having quality as well as quantity. A good time, a dangerous time, an auspicious time. A time we mark not by its duration, but by its content. We'll pause there. Um, uh, We're not to the part you might not agree with yet. This part, I I think, is pretty much beyond dispute. There is the, the quantity of time and there is quality of time. So uh, the New Testament was written primarily in Greek, and they have two words for time uh, where we have just uh, the one in our language. Um, they have the word chronos. Um, that's where we get the word chronological. Um, that's the kind of time your watch measures. 
Um, it is sequential, rhythmic, inevitable. It is the, the steady march of time, seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, etc. Um, it's Christmas Eve now, and in exactly 365 days, it will be Christmas Eve again. That's Kronos. Um, but they have two words. They also get uh, Kairos, um, which refers to the quality um, or, or the nature of time. So you would say with Kairos, uh, this is a special time or a, a hard time or a great time or a sacred time or whatever. Uh, so for example, um, to say that 2020 was a year like no other <laughs> would be a statement of truth and it would be a statement about Kairos. Um, it was a year with 12 months and 52 weeks, just like all the other years, but we all know that 2020 was not like all the other years. Kairos. Kairos shows up 86 times in the New Testament. It is a really big deal. So we have Kronos, which is the quality of time, and we have Kairos, uh, or pardon me, we have Kronos, which is the quantity of time, and Kairos, which is um, the quality of time. I hope, I hope you're still with me, all right? So hang in, because here comes the part you probably are going to need to decide if you agree with or not. So back now to the second part of the Beekner quote. Christmas is a hallowed time, a holy time. A time in which life grows still like the surface of a river so that we can look down into it and see glimmering there in its depths something timeless, precious, other. A time that we cannot bring about as we can bring about a happy time or a sad time, but a time that comes upon us as grace, as a free and unbidden gift. Christmas is a time of such holiness that the cock crows the whole night through as though it is perpetually dawn, and thus, for once, even the powers of darkness are powerless. All right, so the question then is whether or not you buy the idea that Christmas time is actually like qualitatively different than other times. That, that somehow, some way, the quality and nature of this season, this time, is actually wholly set apart from the rest of the year. Or, on the other hand, if perhaps this whole season is more of a culturally constructed thing that has you know, picked up a lot of momentum over history and also happens to have been built around a Christian idea. And so, so logically, the season tends um, to bring a, a lot of religious emphasis along with it. It's kind of the other way to think of it. I, I personally um, have spent a number of years in both of those camps. I have been on both sides of this one. Um, and for what it's worth, I don't think you have to be like a Scrooge or unspiritual to see this season as something that's just gotten a lot of traction for one reason or another. Um, I spent years as a devoted Christian and loving Christmas so much, but also thinking 
<laughs> that, it, that it was pretty much a machine that got fired up for a month or so every year with the decorations, music, the, the traditions and Santa, which are not really biblical things, but, but all still like neutral or even good things. And then things that sort of the great American marketing machine then elevated <laughs> and capitalized on and even stretched out you know, because because it was marketable or or fun, um, or because it gets people out of their houses in winter time or or whatever. Um, and as a Christian, with that perspective, I have often thought about how like incredibly cool and redemptive it is. Think about it: the biggest holiday season of the year by far has the birth of Jesus at the center of it. How the whole world, whether they want to or not, has to at least do something with this idea of Jesus in a manger, and how how great it is that the whole world got on board with one of the church's most sacred days. And and lots of people who don't usually you know go to church will show up and get to hear about. Jesus, like that's that's all really really cool, and honestly, I I think that's a pretty hopeful, non-cynical, even redemptive way to look at it. It's a Christian perspective, but truthfully, I, I see it a lot differently now. See, that perspective perspective says um, basically the Christmas is special because of Chronos time. The, the march of the calendar brings us toward the end of the year and that triggers the machine and we all respond. Um, but now I really see it differently. Um, I, I agree with Beekner that this is a truly holy time. Or as the way we just read back to a piece of what he wrote, a time that we cannot bring about as we can bring about a happy time or a sad time, but a time that comes upon us as grace, as a free and unbidden gift. Guys, <laughs> the days aren't just colder. The days are different. A, this is a sacred season. And hear me, not established by a marketing machine, but by a time that is so filled with meaning and hope that the marketers would be foolish not to capitalize on it. It, it. it is not a coincidence that all of this has built up around the birth of Jesus. The, the times are truly different in this season. And if we don't react to it spiritually, we'll still react to it because we're still affected by it, whether we have Christian lenses for it or not. The force behind this season being so culturally different is not just opportunistic business practices, it's, it's Kairos. We've all seen it. People are more emotionally aware, more spiritually cognizant, more reflective, more generous, more open to the divine. And inherently in that, we want ways to express that difference. We want traditions to, re to reinforce that thing that we all feel but can't really define. Um, what I'm saying is, the stage has been set for cultural changes during this season because this season is qualitatively different. Um, this isn't about a cultural or financial machine. Um, that's, that's, instead, it's about, 
It's a side effect of a much, much larger reality, which is this. This season is truly holy. Now, you could hear that and dismiss that as sappy uh, sentimentalism. Um, You absolutely could. You could just say, you know what, that's just more of what people shovel this time of year so that they can sell something or, or maybe, to be fair, maybe to take up an offering. And I hear you on that. That's fair. But to be clear, I think recognizing the uniqueness, the holiness of this season is just, I think it's just biblical. So here's a quote from Dr. Smith out of, out of Yale. His religious affiliation, I do not know. But he wrote an article um, about how ancient Greeks understood kairos. And he used the Bible as a point of reference. So I want to read you the quote. Um, The underlying religious meaning of kairos is found uh, for the Judaic tradition in the critical times of religious history when the mundane temporal order intersected with the sacred order. From Moses to the last of the great prophetic figures, there was a series of presence or special times. These times were opportunities for transformation and reformation. Only translate that for you. What he's saying is the Bible is filled with these sacred seasons when God did awesome stuff. All right. So he goes on. He says, in Christianity, Kairos is focused on the central event of Christ, who is said in the biblical writings to have come in Cairo, sometimes translated as the fullness of time, culminating in the manifestation of God in an actual historical order. <laughs> okay. I know, a lot of words. So let me put it in in other words. Here's what he's saying. The whole Old Testament was marked by sacred seasons of time, an ebb and a flow. Um, And it all culminated with the coming of Jesus. And again, with Jesus, um, the the pinnacle, the ultimate uh, special time, the ultimate kairos. And so it follows that, that God, who is the one who set up sort of the dynamic dance of Kronos and Kairos, who, who set up the world to have seasons of grace and mercy, who, who um, had that reach its apex in the coming of Jesus, it follows then that God would mark this season with a special Kairos. In other words, of course he would make Christmas holy. Of course he would. Okay, but honestly, what kept me from embracing the idea of this season being genuinely different is the, is the chronos aspect of it. Um, the fact that it's scheduled. <laughs> I've always believed in kairos, like in special times and seasons. I've just not bought into the idea that you can put one on the calendar. You know what I mean? Like, like in the church I grew up in, uh, we would occasionally schedule revivals, uh, which were great. They were great. Um, but they always bugged me um, because God brings revival. You can't schedule one. Um, so now I'm supposed to believe that this season is genuinely special. It's spiritually distinct and different just because the calendar says that it is. I don't, I just, I don't think so. Okay. But in that, I was missing something. 
You see, and stay with me, uh, along with those amazing holy times in the Bible, God gave these commands to remember those signs with holy days, which by the way, the word holidays <laughs> comes from the two words holy and days being put together. God commanded that we have holy days to remember his great works and he promised to make those days special, to to move through his people in their obedience, in their remembrance. And he essentially says, I will do amazing stuff. And if you are wise enough to remember it, I will keep the amazing stuff around through those special days. You think about it. That's why, that's why communion is actually a true, like a truly special day and or moment for us every single week. And it's scheduled. And the fact is, we experience more of the divine because we schedule it. There's power in the remembering. Um, that is why the fourth commandment says, remember the Sabbath, think about it, the words here, to keep it holy. Um, for those who actually keep a Sabbath, it's not just one day out of seven. It is genuinely holy. It is a day that is fundamentally different because it's holy and it is kept holy in the remembering of it. And God says, as he does with many other things, schedule it. Here's what I'm saying. A truly holy season can be put on the calendar because putting holy seasons on the calendar was God's idea. And, and, and as we remember, he comes in power. It's holy. Christmas is holy. And, and our world has been rescued through the coming of Jesus. It is the pinnacle of human history. It is the apex of God's triumph and of our hope both now and forever. And so, yeah, like this is, this is a big one. It makes sense that this season is unlike any other. It makes sense that this is the one that turns the world upside down for a full month. Now, I said all of that to say this. Listen, tomorrow is not just another day. And it doesn't have anything to do with the gifts or the tree or any of our cultural add-ons. As we remember that God came to us, God will come to us. It's holy. And in, in sacred times, when God draws near, there is opportunity. Um, we're about to have Selah, which is another one of those scheduled holy moments that we have. We call it a, a sacred pause. Um, but, but my hope and my, my challenge actually is for this Selah to extend um, through the night and into tomorrow. Guys, if you will seek the Lord, I have great faith that you will find him, that he will meet you, he'll speak to you, he'll restore you. Sacred seasons are for renewal and healing and empowering. Do not let this one pass you by. Don't, don't get razzle-dazzled by the cultural add-ons. Tomorrow is about God coming to earth to save us. It's about nothing less than encounter with the divine, his kingdom, coming. Please 
don't miss it. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into these conversation podcasts over the last few months. It's been so great to dive in deeply with you every week. Uh, As a reminder, this is our last episode of the year. You can stay tuned here, though, every week for our Sunday sermons, and we'll catch you back in February for more conversation podcasts. Happy Advent! Happy Advent!